Hello everybody, this is Noah and John, we're from Urban Digs, we are Talk Manhattan, and we're at Halstead today. I, yet again, and we have another expert at our panel. We love Halstead, I know, we love Halstead. We come here all Me the time. Me too. Yeah. The wisdom is just coming out of the walls here, it's great. But well, we got a big one here today, we got, we got an expert over just under 30 years, and Louise Phillips Forbes. I mean, we're talking big time here now. I waited so, 40 years for that name. There you go. <laughs> Kiss a lot of names. frogs. Yeah. Kiss a lot of frogs. <sighs> yeah. Thank you right. so much for coming here. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy out there doing deals. Um, let's just start high level. Mm -hmm. What the hell is going on in this market? It is a very weird market. Having three decades under my belt and mm -hmm. gone through September 11th, the Great Recession, it's, um, it's an interesting time, and it is not for the weary. Yeah. Um, but I'm bullish on our market, and you know, when I speak about, and, and, and what I hope I can convey to agents, and first and foremost my own clients, is sometimes you have to cut out the noise, and you have to understand and look at what your truth is, and yeah. what your family needs, and what your long-term goals are, and then you evaluate, because not every shoe will fit in today's market. Right. But what's right for you is not right for somebody else. Right. But I am bullish on our market because it is opportunistic. Mm -hmm. It is opportunistic for those who purchased many years ago. They want to downsize or upgrade. Um, for the upgrader, I'm finding those individuals are pulling and they're making the next decade or 15-year play. Mm -hmm. And even if they're losing $200,000 from the peak of the market, which we saw in 2015, mm -hmm. they're seeing the shift from 16, 17, 18, and today mm -hmm. to pull the trigger. Interesting. So I think that it's an exciting time. I'm not, I'm, I mean, the, the, if you listen to the news, the world's coming to an end, yeah. and it's not. It's right. just our New York City has been ripe for the transition and the adjustment that we're experiencing. Right. The market is down, right? Would you Absolutely. Market down? Okay. Absolutely. Um, do you have any idea? Are you do mostly the higher end, or give me an idea? I, I, I do probably between 150 and 200 million a year. Okay. I do 60 transactions a year. I 800,000 to 20 million. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you're all over the spectrum. I am Not all over the spectrum, which, by the way, it gives me a bird's eye view of trends when they're happening. Okay, so what, what is going on in the high end versus the low end? Is there any thoughts on the differences there? I think that the sellers have woken up and have recognized that their homes are worth more today than they will be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. in, in the and high less end. than yesterday. Right. In the high end or low end or both? I think on both. Right. On, on both fronts. Interesting. What about your buyers? Uh, uh, my buyers are... You know, if if I'm doing my job well, mm -hmm. they are they are pulling the trigger left and right because right. it is opportunistic, right. especially if something has been dormant mm -hmm. on the market for a long time, and they finally started to recognize they're not getting last year's prices. Right. They may not even get today's prices because they didn't listen yesterday. Right. You know what's interesting is we you were know, talking to a couple of agents, and they were saying it's like the properties that were going into the contracts were not necessarily the new ones. The ones that were on the market for the last three, four months, they had, had a price cut, and now they're starting to move a little bit. Almost like those sellers just, you know what, get me out of this thing. Well, I think that, again, you got to take what you need and leave the rest in the news. Mm -hmm. Because the news is trying to stay in business. Yeah. And quite frankly, the news that's being talked about today about real estate is actually 16 months old, based yeah. on my own. Well, it's all, it's all the policy changes, and we're, by the time this podcast gets published, 
the Q3 reports are going to be out, and that's going to probably be a news headline as well because they're showing, even though it's not true, and we talked about this with, with Jonathan Miller, that podcast that's coming out tomorrow, um, we showed this, that the pull effect from the mansion tax policy, right? The mansion tax came in, mm -hmm. and it pulled all these high-end deals, and now the Q3 is going to show the opposite the effect. The opposite effect yeah. of that. And that's about so, to and, and I could yeah. talk to you about this year in itself, where my phone did not, I couldn't buy a phone call January, February, Right. Most of March. Right. Talk about the law. Talk about mm -hmm. the the Peter tax. Right. Zeckendorf and with a bunch of Revney, you know, uh, um, economists went to Albany and said, "You guys are looking at this wrong." Right. And so the mansion tax is sort of the it is certainly nobody wants to have that, but it's it's a much more logical thing. Right. And so it did create a cause and effect. Yeah. It the search, the amount of deals I was negotiating on for 15, 7, 12, five and you know, deals that were a hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars the of, yeah. of what it would cost for them, mm -hmm. push those transactions. But then there was silence. Right, yeah. And that's where we are right now. Well, so, actually, I'm not there. All right, good. So, so we're post-Labor Day. You're seeing a big tick up? I will just tell you that I sent three contracts out on three new listings um, Friday, Labor Day. Friday of Labor all, Day all weekend. New listings, okay. All of them signed. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in some, one case, I listed a, a piece of property at 1155th Avenue that came on the market $200,000 less than what I had sold previously 18 months earlier. Mm -hmm. Couple of floors higher, mm -hmm. and I said to my owners, "It's just not happening. The market's down eight, probably eighteen percent. But because you're no board approval, I want to put it on the market. I know it's the second week of August, mm -hmm. but I still think those real buyers are going to want no board approval, turnkey, bring their toothbrush, and start school there. Right. And I put a deal together above the asking price, which was two hundred thousand, and mm -hmm. then somebody overpaid it. Over, outbid that person $240,000. And that's a, and that's a great point. That's one of the things we've been talking about lately is that there's there's an efficiency there's, in our there's market. There's efficiency there but there's you know you have to get to that herd mentality which people see something that wow this is clearly the value. An urgency. An urgency. Yeah. And there is no urgency in our market unless you're strategically exactly. priced. So what what was different about that deal? So what was what was the one thing that made that deal do what it did? Well, I I think that I Again, because I work in such a vast, mm -hmm. diverse market, mm -hmm. I'm able to see where those trends are. And I know my own clients, mm -hmm. my own buyers, are, are, are waiting for the right apartment. Right. Otherwise, there's no sense of urgency. And I keep saying, have faith in the process. If this doesn't feel right, listen to your instinct, because I've educated you well. For that pricing of that property that went in, um, Obviously, it was priced It correctly. went for three three five zero, which is what a deal went two years ago on a higher floor. Right. Okay. So you did. So you did take into account that the market was lower. I did in my pricing, but that educated buyer mm -hmm. wanted what they wanted, and yeah. they were prepared to pay to be where they wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, you get you get good timing there. I mean, that's what it is. Sometimes, sometimes now another property is going to come out, and that buyer that just bought your property is, is not going to be there for that new property. I'll, they need to be on the market. I will yeah. share exactly yeah. that building. I was getting the apartment next door mm -hmm. to it, mm -hmm. and I said, "Don't list. Wait till I do this." Right. Will back into your pricing accordingly. Right, sets so a new level. Well, they made a decision to list with another broker, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But they 
they didn't they didn't let the process they didn't have faith and they came on the market before I was finished with that everybody that was in my listing at what kind of price a hundred uh, a hundred uh, about a hundred thousand dollars more than what I was asking okay and every single one of them passed on it yeah I mean buyers and, is and it was a it was as it was it could have just been perfectly aligned right. but they missed it because they were too anxious to I don't want to say to undermine, mm -hmm. but to, to kind of. I don't know. I think I guess sellers. Sense, well, they're they're worried that whatever price you get, they're going to have to get less of that. So they try to beat you to the punch, kind of thing. Not or? quite sure. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. It doesn't matter. I was yeah. trying to sell it for them. Yeah. I was. I I had three offers. I was trying, but but they looked at that yeah. and said it's less bathroom. They want more money. It's, it's probably and it's board yeah. approval. And I guess that's the lesson, which is that if you. And there's really no room for errors in pricing, especially over a certain threshold. And I really do believe this is where, where we can't make up the market. And a great broker is going to rise to the top in this kind of environment when you are not afraid to speak candidly. Yeah, I mean, you said you said a, a, a point before. You said that the, one of the sellers wanted to list at a higher price. You said, no way, you're not getting that. It's definitely not. I mean, you you say that kind of thing right to the seller, right to their face. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I my job is. To have them to have enough trust in me, mm -hmm. I'll earn my keep. Right. But the numbers, I am data driven, and that is why all my years of building and converting all these thirty development projects that I've done right. has taught me that if I am going to be your advocate, your voice, your face, then I have to be able to have the numbers behind me. Right. And so I have lost. I mean, I just closed on a deal on one hundred one Central Park West. I was the sixth broker. They interviewed. They were. They had. I mean, I was honored to be in the room with all those brokers that they had because mm -hmm. they were all top talent. But they were telling them that it was worth fourteen million, thirteen million, yeah. twelve and a half. I said That's it's worth. Problem. I said it's worth nine nine. So and neither they, even your. I most, won the business, by the way. You won the business. I won the business. They trusted me, mm -hmm. and I said, "Look, respectfully, send me their data." They were comparing. Just gonna say that. Yeah. They were they were comparing the four rooms on the park to nine rooms. Every oh, one of them were nine rooms. Yeah. And this was an eight room. And I said respectfully, you don't have that fourth public room. Well, luckily you have a seller that is is listening because a what? lot of sellers will just say, oh, well, here's a bigger number with this guy. Because that's, that's a big spread. I, that's a big yeah. spread. And and oh, maybe he's got some clients overseas that he's holding in his pocket just for you, and he's not going to bring right. it out until you sign with him. Well, let me tell don't you. Don't fall for that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I ultimately had to agree to bring it on at ten point four. Right. I got nine nine. Mm -hmm. You got your price. Yeah. I got seventy people through the door. Oh man! In thirty one days. All right, so let's just stop for a second. So you got agents out there that are listening, right? Let's piggyback what yeah, you just said. Right, what, yeah. what could? What is the one thing agents can do in today's struggling, challenging market that will create an urgency and and what you just experienced? What could they do? What's the one thing? Don't be afraid to speak candidly. Stand by your numbers. If you take three days longer to send them. A current marketing analysis mm -hmm. for God's sake pick up the phone with every active comp that looks like it and find out what their activity is yeah. secondly every contract sign price and you know by the way for the brokers that decide like I can't share that with you because it's not closed yeah. remember what goes around comes around yeah because those deals 
they will come and go. But yeah. we will need each other for decades to come. Right, and you make friends, and you give, and, and you take. And my um, generosity and knowledge has paid back tenfold. And I would rather be the third wife yeah. than one that doesn't sell it the first right. or the second time. Right, exactly. And I mean, listen, I mean, having that intel, it's all about intel, right? Having that intel and saying, listen, I, I called all these brokers that you're about to go compete with on the active market and in contract, and this one and this one and this one that you like and think it's price right, they have zero people. Mm -hmm. That's powerful stuff. I call these in contract, and guess what? This one that we're most similar to, he's got a deal in place right now, 9% below that asking price for thereabouts. Yeah. I couldn't find exactly, but around 9, 10%, I got percentages. That's powerful stuff. But from, some, from, from the new agents that are listening to this, I will get exact prices. Yeah. And, I, and I don't ever put that in my computer. I share it with the individuals. Right. Course. And that trust earning and that generosity and what I say when I hang up the phone, especially when somebody said no to me 17 times in the last 15 years right. and did right. that time, yeah. I say, I hope I can do the same for you. Right. And I mean, look, I mean, that agent obviously trusts you. They, they know that you're going to take this, this information and be, and be private and be, um, you know, close-minded with it. You're not going to go publicize it and call anyone. And that's important for new agents to know is that I don't know if they have that that knack, that, that, mm -hmm. that relationship, that understanding of, of how to approach getting that intel, and they don't have the trust. Mm -hmm. Listen, I don't know who you are, I can't give you that information, and that's why you get that. And that's how it is. I mean, we used to transact, we did the same thing, and we had to earn it over time. Yeah. Um, very interesting. So, so in terms of discounts, sellers care about two things. They care about price, they care about days on market, but they also care about um, negotiability, right? Mm -hmm. um, in general, trying to put aside those two, um, that one listing that was really selling over ask, um, maybe have two of them, I don't know. Um, but how much, okay, good. How much are the sellers that are not trading over ask, that maybe they were testing the market or pricing a little high, maybe you went into it knowing it, and you did deals with them ultimately, how much are they coming down and, and until they get that deal? Do you have any idea? Well, first of all, I just want to say I don't like the word discount. Mm -hmm. I like the word efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I think that in today's market, you have to figure out partnering with your owner what the strategy is, and that means they have to maybe take a risk mm -hmm. to create to find the efficiency of the market. That right. means today's value. Mm -hmm. So, I have I took over a listing on Fifty Seventh Street that was asking three eight, and he would not allow his broker to drop it. I finally got him to drop it. I wanted him to drop it to three two five. We dropped it to three four nine five. I just signed the contract at three two five. Gotcha. So I think it's really... Okay, I could do the math in my head. Okay. If he had done exactly, I probably would have gotten more than 325 right. at that moment because the market came to us. Right. I could have had that educated buyer that would have recognized the value. Right. And so I think that is, that's, that's, the, that's the game we're in today. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some sectors maybe would you like. Is there anything exciting out there? Anything that's worth good value right now, even if it's mm, overlooked, yeah. Overlooked. I mean, listen, I I think that let's see, value plays. Well, I'm not I think their value plays in Sutton and I think their value plays in the UN area. Mm -hmm. Whether I want to live there or not is another discussion. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, people are talking about the corridor of the resale market in the condominium in the co-op market as a result of the condominiums on the Upper East Side, mm -hmm. and the the cause and effect of of the kind of 
fully loaded amenity buildings mm -hmm. and old school philosophy on buildings like the Park Avenue yeah. corridor and the Fifth Avenue corridor. The classic sixes, classic sevens. People don't want people don't want unreasonable. They don't want summer work rules. They don't want to be. They don't. They want the technology of today's environment. Mm -hmm. It works for vertical living mm -hmm. to be part of what their choice is. So I have been working with a lot of boards, helping them to get out of their own way, and instead of trying to create exclusivity yeah. and exclusivity, mm -hmm. to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and shift your tone and attitude a bit, you can still do your job fiduciary responsibilities. Right. But I think the Upper, Upper East Side has some incredible opportunity, opportunities. So, so you think some of these boards are just too strict? too tight, maybe closing out mm -hmm. the potential buyer pool that otherwise would be able to pass the board, so to yes. speak. Um, and therefore, if you think that way, um, if there's a buyer pool that's this big that, that would normally be able to, to buy this apartment at this, this tough call board, it's now kind of like this because these are the only people that can pass that board. Pass it and also will tolerate it. Exactly. Right. There's, a lot of, because, there's a lot to tolerate in a co-op board. Because there's so much, you know, if you, if you look back to when co-ops were created and the idea was like, quite frankly, to, to discriminate, mm -hmm. um, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> and, now, and now today, you know, people, people don't need that outside reinforcement. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they, they, I, this is just my opinion. Um, but I also want to mention, just to go back to what market opportunistic places are, I, I think parts of old Chelsea that have those sexy, no-frills condominiums that are six stories or flat iron, that they're great spaces but were done in the 90s and the 2000 and they need to be done again, right, right, right. I think there's great opportunity and value right. there. Where you look at the sexy condo market trading, you know, eighteen to twenty-two hundred. You could get those for eleven or twelve hundred. Very interesting, place. right? Right, and and buyers are not. They're bidding down on places that need those kind of renovations right now. They're bidding for views and full renovations, and they build. You know, yeah. if you don't have views and renovations, you you're gonna have a struggle out there. Yeah. Well, those are the ones that those are the ones that buyers can really take advantage of. Interesting. Yeah. Just, I was gonna say, I, you know, a lot of the new ones that are trading over twenty-two hundred square foot. They're beautiful buildings and they're amenity rich, but how many of those amenities are really everyday amenities? Yeah. Well, Whereas that, if you go back to what you're talking about, 1,100 square foot, you could get something that may have built in the 90s, but it doesn't have, say, one storage in the basement. Okay. Right. Who, who can cares? I, can I check that yeah. off my list? Or, by the way, they don't have a super who lives in, they don't have, mm -hmm. you know, a gym, they don't have a wine cellar, right. a but office, they have 5,000 square feet yeah. for 5 million four. Yeah. I hear you. Um, With that so, space. Yeah. <laughs> how about new developments? You got some insight into the development. You know, listen, Ex let's just say I think I'm gonna have the very last conversion on the Upper West Side okay. until we get a new mayor mm -hmm. and a new governor and a new So everything system. was in place clearly before twelve minutes before the law passed. Awesome. Wow. So we call it the twelve million the twelve minute building. So that's gonna be prime Upper West Side, um, you know, ninety units, beautiful you know we have a great team so i'm excited about that can't talk about it right now sorry gotcha that's okay but um general, listen i i think that 
there's a fact that a lot of people forget about, although you know our political system has 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 created a cause and effect that I don't think they fully understand what it's going to mean. But we are we are a city of renters. It is 62% of our entire city rent. So only 38% of us are able to actually own. Mm. And what we're experiencing in this plateau and this shift, this elongated sell, sell cycle, is a market that, quite frankly, from the Great Recession, it recovered unsustainably fast yeah. from 2010 to 15. Every one of those failed development projects restarted. Yeah. Zoning changed around Central Park South around uh, the High Lines, um, Sixth Avenue zoning that was happening in the early 2000s, all that rental product came in. You know, I just think that, I think that we have a great city and I think that I own five pieces of property. The tax laws, I don't get to write off $75,000 worth of real estate taxes right. anymore. Right. That is still not changing my mind. Right. I might not be able to sell that first-time buyer who doesn't benefit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they may have to wait another year to save. But if you can own, give yourself that gift. Yeah, and look, when I look at the development sector. Yeah. Um, I think that that's. I'm a contrarian. Mm -hmm. Buy when there's blood on the streets. This we've talked about. This this has been a right. price point down cycle. It's not even a down cycle. It's a down reset because of the policies that you talked about, the cause and effect, and political policies. Um, and the new development sector, there's some deals there. And de developers won't, I know you're in that game, developers won't tell you, you know, a lot of stuff, but there are deals to No, and, and, and I will say also that for today, not waiting for the pipeline, for today, check out unsold product for the last 18 months and be opportunistic, yeah. you know? And, and thankfully, with my tenured, I'm able to pick up the phone with the CEOs of these project of these developers that have three million square feet, and I'm talking over their sales team to just say, "Listen, I'm going to make a deal here with you, or here, here, or here." Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, what can I do? I don't want to, you know. And so you just take the schedule. It's like a catalog. You know? It's and and that there, but. That's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, just that, that's right there. Just being able to do that and get that information and talk to that developer and get something cooking and bypassing. I mean, that's just something. Well, that's... I don't mean to bypass out of debt. No, it's no, collaborating no. because look, the sales yeah. team has a job. Yeah. And 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 then I'm brought into the fold with the developer and them. Yeah. I I would hope that I can't go to my developer every time yeah. and say, look, we need to do. I mean, hopefully this will empower developers to actually let their people be good partners They're mm -hmm. good because they don't always want to listen to them. Yeah, and I, I just, just the message in general about, listen, you better tell your developer, if you don't have that direct contact with the developer because you know you don't have the staff and tenure yet to have that or the relationships, um, just tell the salespeople, listen, you tell your developer, all right, my client's either going to buy A, B, C, or D. He wants to buy A. It's not going to happen at your price. Where is this going to happen? Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Let me go. Tell me. Give me the deal. And, yeah. and great, great on-site agents yeah. will, pro, will will give you some transparency. Yeah. You know, look, buyers, um, they always want to buy in a buyer's market. Mm -hmm. They always want to buy when they can get a deal. They always want to buy when prices are down. And they always want to buy when they can have a negotiation. And they always want inventory. Mm -hmm. When you look at today's market, do you see that kind of stuff? Yes, I do. I do you do. see inventory? 
I actually don't see good quality in Pandora. Oh, interesting. That's another and good conversation. I, I want to tell you. Yeah. I want to tell you about about a conversation I just had on a piece of property. I sold a couple on 98th and Broadway. I sold them 18 months ago. Something which I would mm -hmm. say the market's down from 18 months ago. A little bit maybe. Yeah. And they and I bought. We bought it with a great broker on the other end. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody uh, listen to this. Lisa Littman, shout oh, out. Oh, I love Lisa. Hey, Lisa. So Lisa is top of her game. Phenomenal. I think at the time she probably was working with her owners who I think priced it too high initially, relocated. Eight months later it was priced and we still we got a great deal on it. Mm -hmm. We get a great deal. She did a great job. It was a very difficult time. And then we did you know, so fast forward eighteen months later, they're moving. Mm -hmm. They've got a they they're they got an opportunity where they're from in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I'm pricing it, you know. $325,000 more. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing that? It's in perfect condition. Mm -hmm. And I look in the building vertically, mm -hmm. nothing has sold in the building because the only things available are sponsored deals that are to be renovated mm -hmm. and they can't make those deals mm -hmm. because they should just renovate them and then they can sell them. Right. But so, so I had a first showing somebody, somebody lives in the building and the broker says, how do you expect to get the same amount of money this much money more when you just sold it, yeah. you know. And I said, you take a look at the comps. And I was able to arm her. Two fifty West Ninety Fourth Street has a contract, an offer on it for two five. It needs six hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Right. This apartment is in contract, and it not is in contract for two nine. It's actually in contract for two two, but it needs eight hundred thousand. Yeah. There was nothing in the market that didn't need no good work. Inventory. Yeah. Right. Did not need so I had fourteen people there on Sunday. I have three second shows. I haven't gotten an offer yet, but you you can't just go on history. Mm -hmm. You have to go on what are their choices today. Yeah, this no, is a moving. I, I don't want to talk yeah. about. I mean, the, just the scope of work that's involved here. It's not as simple as like, oh, okay, well, there's nothing in the building. I see some around the area. Let's just let's just come up with a number. No, you you've gone to every single one of these to understand like what's the difference between my target unit and every and, single. And one by of the way, I looked at two two to four million. Just and then I said, okay, factors. so maybe people are looking yeah. to, to three, two, but I, and I, and I really looked down to it. They're like 11 real comps yeah. and every one of them needed work. Interesting. You got to know these kind of things. No, it's, and it's, I mean, a, it's amazing how much, you know, you talk about limited image. Most people think, oh gosh, supply is up. So I have my, my choice. But really when it comes down to it, no, if you're talking about comparable inventory, mm -hmm. it can be extremely low. And when it is, you get that most you get buyers that will mentality. go out there and they'll they'll go into a yeah. place and they'll immediately say this is not for me. Like most buyers, like yeah. And by the way, I had 30. a couple of those yeah. fourteen people that came. It was not right for them. Yeah, and I mean they'll see twenty thirty places and and maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll like one. Yeah, maybe they'll like none. You know, I mean that happens all the time. You know, and and as a buyer you realize, damn, I'm not really finding that thing that has everything. And a lot of things are renovations. Yeah, and I think there's one more interesting point here, which is that you know the other apartment you had, you had 70 people come through a 10 million dollar listing. Mm -hmm. You had 14 people for this one. The buyers were out there. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and to go back to what you said earlier, I mean, if you're looking for a play for the next 10 to 15 years, you can bullish on the city. It's totally. a terrific time. I I mean, look, I think we have some. You know, I, I walked home with my son last night from a school visit, and. We both counted there were seven homeless people mm -hmm. on from 90th Street to 75th Street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we got some stuff going on. Yeah, we have some work to do. But yeah. for anybody, I mean, I've been here since 1987, and I just think that we have an incredible city. We are for the, we are 
global, we are international, and I'm not going anywhere. I told my husband he should marry another girl if he wanted to raise, <laughs> raise the family in, in the suburbs. So I just think that, that, you know, being rigorous and being persistent in knowing your clients and knowing your product, mm -hmm. we will be, we will prevail these challenging times, but sometimes it's going to be patience. And I agree with you. And, and look, this market's down and out. This has been a policy-driven down, and, and it's been policies. And it's policies that have changed investors and, and buyers' uh, mindset on how expensive is it going to be, is, is this investor-friendly, et cetera, et cetera. And those policies can change. Mm -hmm. and, and the rent regulations already has a lobby going on that's, that's because of the unintended consequences of that to change that. So if, if you're one of those buyers that buys when all those policies were negative and hit, and then all of a sudden the policy changes or gets amended, you know, that it's not like, all right, well, now I have three, four months to buy before the effect happens. No, we'll just shift a little higher. These are all shifts, right? And this happens when the, when the policy actually comes out and you can't change it. It's not like we're falling over a period well, one of, of the time. Things, it's year to yeah. year. And yeah. those rental laws, by the way, just so you know, historically, they have always had expirations to mm -hmm. come up to be rediscussed. Mm -hmm. They've made them permanent. Yeah. It's, it's, which is, it's, you know, in history hasn't happened. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. I because think there's, I think there's, there's going to be a ginormous constitutional lawsuit. There's itself. unintended consequences and there's going to be economic consequences, there'll be social consequences. And th when these things start to happen, I think I think policies do change. I, 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 will, I will also just leave on one thing is that, I, you know, I again, I feel like I learned so much from one of my largest clients who owns 8,000 apartments. And he said to me in a conversation, he was like, Louise, don't forget that we order 300 kitchens a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. So think about the kitchen maker, yeah. the contractor, yeah. the electrician, the plumbing. Yeah. That's like an entire industry which has been, by the way, fueling our economy. Right, right, I totally agree. Luis Phillips Forbes. Thank you so much. much for coming on board. It was fantastic. This is Noah and John. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan at Halston, and we'll catch you next time.